1: I wash my hands of this
0: weirdness. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Wednesday, May 20th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity. I am joined by my illustrious co-hosts, Tony Sanfilippo and Ryan Wink. How are you guys doing this morning? Great,
2: fellas. Uh, Happy Wednesday to you both. Uh, And to our listeners, happy to be here for uh, the third week of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show.
3: All right. Yeah, I'm doing great. Never been called illustrious. I like it. I appreciate it. <laughs> well,
0: you have, you have now. So uh, I noticed before the show, Ryan, you had some sniffles. Don't know if it's uh, just sort of that morning getting things going, uh, uh, allergies, whatever it may be. But uh, the question I'm posing to you guys this morning is... When something comes up, how likely are you to go to Google or WebMD, type in your symptoms, and uh, see what you may or may not have? Very likely. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Tone?
2: Yeah, WebMD is your friend if uh, you're not used to uh, feeling a certain way. I know, to throw back to yesterday's horrible show, uh, when I got uh, sick off that chicken taquito, I had to, like, Google, like, food poisoning, am I dying, is an alien going to pop out of my stomach, and so forth. So yeah, And
3: there's a there's 100% chance that looking up something
0: on WebMD will stress you out. <laughs> well, it, It's funny you say that. So a uh, new Australian research has found that if you're using Google to self-diagnose your illness you're more than likely getting the wrong advice, surprise, surprise, as online symptom checkers are only accurate around a third of the time. Carried out by researchers at the Edith Cowan University, the new study analyzed the accuracy of 36 international free symptom checkers, which were found using five popular search engines, Google, Yahoo, Ask, Search Encrypt, and Bing, and through Google Play on the Android and App Store. To test the symptom checkers, the researchers used 48 medical conditions and had the correct diagnoses confirmed by two general practitioners and an emergency department specialist. The findings, published by the Medical Journal of Australia, showed that the symptom checkers gave the correct diagnosis as the first result just 36% of the time and the correct diagnosis within the top three results 52% of the time. The advice given on when and where to seek healthcare was accurate 49% of the time. Uh, I've found that uh, no matter what you type into uh, WebMD or Google for the symptoms, one of the side effects is always death. You could have a sniffle. You could have a hangnail. You type it in, and uh, more often than not, uh, something that could occur from it is death.
3: It's like all those pharmaceutical commercials. <laughs> Side effects may include anal leakage,
0: death. <laughs> uh, it's it's funny how many people talk about this, but uh, you know everybody uses it. You know it, it's almost like you're going to WebMD or Google, knowing that you're going to get the wrong information, but you do it anyway.
2: Yeah. My uh, my dad's uh, I don't know if it's his ex girlfriend anymore or current girlfriend, but Doctor Cracky. I use the WebMD all the time because you yeah, you had an inflated heart, and I read on the WebMD that a uh, little uh, pixie sticks won't fix that.
3: Was kid. that was that the impression of your dad's girlfriend?
2: Yes, it was, Wayne. Cracky, <laughs> <laughs> and I approve this message. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I would assume that uh, her diagnosis would always be lung cancer because I mean, she smokes a, a pack an hour, and obviously sounds like that.
2: Yes, I do. I am a young, thirty-seven years old, darling. <laughs> I
3: got
2: my, I, I got my week supply of cigarettes for the third time this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's... They're, the they're, they're healthier than Marlboro. Healthier than Ma- Ma- Marlboro. <laughs>
0: it's funny ryan you bring up the pharmaceutical commercials i was thinking the other day if i had more time on my hands if you know i was the person who was being sequestered during uh you know the quarantine you know i'm super busy as it is so i don't have time but it would be fun uh you guys have seen the honest trailers right yes Uh, i think it would be fun to take those pharmaceutical commercials and then redub over with like the honest trailer version of the pharmaceutical commercials.
3: Ooh, I might do that. You mind if I take that? No, two percent. Sure, I'll take it. Two percent. All right, yeah. deal. Yeah, I know the... that's a gr- that's a great idea actually. Because I'm you... currently trying to find sketches and things like that, so
0: I like it. I'm happy to help I... out if you need a voiceover for it. I, I think I might know a guy. Do you know a guy with, like, a thick, deep, rich radio voice? I, I, I've heard that it's been described as the golden voice. The golden
3: voice. I think, I, okay, cool. If you could link me up with this guy, that would be great.
0: Sounds like a plan. Oh, God, <laughs> All right, folks, we have a wonderful show lined up for you on this Wednesday. Hump Day, yeah! We've got Animal Tales. We've got a power ballad that was supposedly written by the CIA. Our call-in contest slash topic is you got the wrong package from Amazon. We're talking medical scares, speaking of WebMD. We've got this day in history. And up next, Tony is going to take us through the entertainment news and celebrity birthdays. Don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss it.
1: Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And back to the show we are. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a
0: Wednesday, May 20th. This is an interactive show. We want you guys to chime in not only on Facebook, but give us a call. We have set up a -a 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week Voicemail line. So when you call in, you're not going to get a live person. You just leave a message after the beep. That number is 855 Phoenix Radio. That's 855 F E N I X R D O or 855 336 4973. You can leave a message on any topic just to check in, tell us how you're doing. Keep it entertaining. We'll compile all of those together and play them in a segment in a future show. Now, I am joined here by my co-hosts, Tony Sanfilippo and Ryan Wink, and we are in the second segment of the show, and you know what that means. It's time for the entertainment news.
2: All right, Wednesday, May 20th. We're going to start it off with some sad news, but we'll end with some happy news so let's go with the Wednesday. Woo! Uh, we start out with, unfortunately, right before the show, I got an update through the old Twitter machine that uh, the body of uh, former WWE wrestler Chad Gaspard washed ashore this morning on Venice Beach. They found him at 1 a.m. Um, by a pier. Um, Sunday, he was sucked up under the sea by an undertow, but he... When the rescuers tried to save him, if you didn't listen to the story yesterday, he did tell him to save his son first. And right, they saved his son. And when they went after to get him, a big wave crashed under and he disappeared. And unfortunately, sad, tragic ending to that as he was found dead. So and he was 39. So he's a 1981 guy. So. Uh, right around our age, and uh, very sad news.
0: That is sad, but it was you know selfless for him to have them save his son first, and uh, you know luckily his son did make it out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it is very sad.
2: And for a wrestler too, you know, usually you hear of them dying of drugs or there's always some you know weird thing behind it, and that's kind of one of the first ones where it was a at least a heroic way right, to go, right. and just a freak accident. That's all it was. sad. Now on to the wacky news. We'll move away from sad. We'll go wacky, bogus, and then then happy. But uh, Michael Bay, he's producing not another Transformer movie, but a pandemic thriller, and it starts shooting in five weeks. You knew it was coming. Hollywood has countless COVID-19 pandemic scripts waiting in the wings, which means just as soon as the world is ready to put this whole crap behind us, will be nauseated with pandemic projects from every which way. And Deadline reports Michael Bay will be teaming with former Paramount chief Adam Goodman's Invisible Narratives to produce Songbird, a pandemic thriller which will actually start shooting in L.A. during the lockdown in just five weeks. So if you're a fan, I'm not going to read the whole thing about this, but (laughs) is it too soon? Or should we do – would you guys prefer spoofs? Would you – do you guys even want to relive the crap we're going through? I
3: wonder. I wonder how many explosions the Michael Bay pandemic film will
0: have. <laughs> 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 um, it, it's funny. I was having this conversation with Jesse last week, and you know, hey, Jesse. obviously, uh, you know, TV shows—they're going to latch onto the pandemic thing, the whole coronavirus. As soon as production gets back up and running, I expect to see that the first. TV show that we'll reference, it'll probably be South Park, because the turnaround time from when they write it to when they create it is basically two weeks. But, uh, you know, it's going to invade our airwaves, obviously, our movies now, but uh, I'm glad to see Michael Bay is only producing. He's a much better producer than he is director, at least in my opinion.
2: Yeah, he, uh, and it's always better when he goes after his own projects versus a uh, property like uh, Transformers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So
0: Couldn't agree more. Uh,
2: moving on to some geeky news. Ruby Rose has quit as Batwoman right before season two.
1: Uh-oh. So
2: Batwoman will look a little different when it returns for season two because star Ruby Rose just quit the show. The actress who played the superhero for the first season of the CW series confirmed the news in a statement on Tuesday. I have made the very difficult decision to not return to Batwoman next season. This was not a decision I made lightly, as I have the utmost respect for the cast, crew, and everyone involved on the show in both Vancouver and L.A. I'm beyond appreciative of Greg Berlanti, Sarah Scheister, and Caroline Caroline Drys for not only giving me this incredible opportunity, but for welcoming me into the DC universe they have so beautifully created. Thank you for everyone at Warner Brothers, the CW who put so much into the show. I'm truly grateful. So now they'll be casting a new lead actress. The show um, won't launch until January 2021. And it's supposed to kick off with the major game changer that will alter Gotham and the Bat Team forever. So kind of a crazy time for that to uh, change main... uh,
0: characters there. Well, what's interesting is that uh, she didn't give the reason why she's leaving. All she did was thanked everybody, said that she is leaving, but, uh, you know, I wonder if, one, she either got, you know, a bigger role somewhere, uh, wanted to go off and do movies, or if she has some sort of, you know, personal thing with either cast or crew or or something along those lines that she's uh, humbly just sort of stepping out and not wanting to start anything.
3: Maybe you know once you do two seasons, you're solidified as a TV actress or actor. And it's hard. We all know it's hard to break out from TV to movies. There's been a few, but not a lot.
0: I don't know. I, th- I think it's easier nowadays. And I find that there are more movie actors who are going to TV. I than- guess
3: it's changed with the streaming uh, networks. Yeah, it's it's kind of changed things. So you're right there. But that used to be the thing, right?
0: Exactly, it, was, there it was, was hard to break out from TV to movies. There was no crossover. Back. Exactly, I blame
2: I know. Carol Baskin.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it was totally car- it was Carol Baskin's fault. That's just that's just that's just good sense.
1: you cool, cats and kittens?
3: Oh, Tony, anytime you can. Uh, Say I blame and drop that, please do. <laughs> okay, three <laughs> times a show, and preferably. Times,
2: just drop it, or what about? <laughs> my name Joe Exotic, and this is Sarge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she, she's Trans- an easy scapegoat.
2: Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So yesterday, you guys had mentioned uh, about Bill and Ted. Excellent. <laughs> oh. Looks like we got some bogus news as Bill and Ted Three. My most likely is not going to theaters. It's going to go straight to on demand. Really? So as someone who loved to go to the movies on a regular basis, it's been a tough year not having that option. Of course, theaters are going to eventually open, but time will tell if that is going to happen because the only things lined up so far are Russell Crowe's unhinged and Christopher Nolan's tenant. They're supposedly coming in July. Of course, big budget movies like wonder woman and, and uh, Mulan and everything else has been pushed back as they want to put it in theaters. Uh, looks like Bill and Ted might go the way of video on demand to follow the success of The Hunt, Trolls 2, and Scoob. Um, I don't know. That's uh, The rest just kind of goes on and just gives their thoughts. They want to make sure it hits as many people as possible, but they feel like Bill and Ted Face the Music would be better off as an on-demand um, what do you guys think on that
0: one? I mean, I'm, I was looking forward to seeing it in the theater, but, uh, you know, again, it's not one of these big budget, you know, action blow up movies that, you know, you need the full Atmos surround sound for. Um, I mean, if wherever it goes, whether it goes to odd demand or the theaters, I'm definitely seeing it. I love the first two movies as uh, regular listeners of the show. know, it's where I get uh, most of my history, but all of your uh, history, <laughs>
3: Solely solely based on Bill and Ted. Okay, well, you know it, it is <laughs> accurate,
0: good. so it's good. It's good sense. Exactly. Once again, I'll say it. But uh, I'm in either way.
3: Yeah, likewise, I'm in either way. I think it is good sense to just get it out right now. And the theaters is kind of a unsure thing. So I get it. Yeah, it would be cooler to see in the theaters, but I'm happy to watch it anyway
0: well especially if the movie's already in the can you know why why wait you know they're they're making tons of money right now with uh this premium video on demand people are paying 20 bucks a pop there is virtually no overhead uh to the theaters on it so uh you know if it's there and ready to go why not release it uh speaking of which tone does it say when it would come to video on demand no, it has.
2: Uh, it doesn't say when, but it was due in August. It was supposed to come out at the same time as the Matrix 4. It was supposed to be Keanu versus Keanu at the box office. Keanu,
3: double Keanu. Keanu. <laughs> now, I on a hair
2: trigger. <laughs> now it won't happen because of that bitch. Carol Basket.
3: <laughs> I got a 9mm pointed at your head with a hair trigger. What do you do?
0: What I'm- do you do? <laughs> All right, Tone, we've got time for one more entertainment story before you got to take us through the celebrity birthdays.
2: All right, so I will just skip the one little pointless one, and we will go with, as the prophecy foretold, there will be a child that will defeat the name X-A-E-A-12, which is Elon Musk's baby's name, because Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix, they're pregnant. They're going to have a baby. They're a little bit on the odd side, so they may name their kid something like Whispering Willow.
3: (laughs) It'll it'll just I don't know if you've ever seen the Key and Peel East versus West Bull. It'll probably just be a noise.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What's your baby's name? Yowie wowie! Oh, very good, Yowie wowie! That's a beautiful
3: name. That's a beautiful name. is your wacky Wednesday news.
0: Alright, Tone, go ahead and take us through today's birthdays. It's my,
2: birthday. it's, my birthday. it's my birthday. All right, your May 20th birthdays. Cher, who's a pop singer? 73. Wooha! Busta rhymes, the rapper is forty-seven. Jack Gleason, a.k.a. Joffrey, that little punk from Game of Thrones, is 27. Uh, actor Bronson Pinchot, Balky from Perfect Strangers, is 60. And Timothy Oliphant, 52. Those are your birthdays, real plain and simple.
0: Very good. Well, when we come back, we have our Wednesday Animal Tales. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll see you on the other side.
1: Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Wednesday,
0: May 20th. We are all over social media. Even some of you are watching us on social media as we speak we do broadcast the show live on Facebook Live and YouTube Live, and you can find each of us individually on social media as well. You can find me at Facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio, that's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony is available at Facebook.com forward slash Tony.Sanfilippo, that's S A N F I L I P P O dot nine or on Instagram at Tony.Sanfilippo eighty one. Ryan's available at facebook.com forward slash ryan.wink or on Instagram at nameswink. Now, uh, this is Wednesday, and as we do every Wednesday, we bring you Animal Tales sponsored by my dog rescue nonprofit, Rough Riders. You can find out more information about what we do and who we are at roughriders.org. That's R-U-F-F, Riders.org. And we have a new theme song today. Dogs and the cats, they tick out the middle where the honeybee
2: hums. And the cricket fiddles, the donkey prays. And the pony neighs, the old great badger sighs.
1: Listen to the bass, it's a one on the bottom where the bullfrog croaks. And the hippopotamus moans and groans with the big to-do. And the old
3: cow just goes moo.
0: So, first up on Animal Tales, we have, uh, y- you guys like that? i love it good good i want that song on my playlists <laughs> i'll send it to you thank okay. you all right first up we have jeffrey condon camp manager of the Greystroke mahale safari camp in tanzania uh he's good at what he does so good one of the animals under his charge could not get enough of him even though condon was surrounded by all types of wildlife this pelican formed an incredible bond with the animal lover in 2014. When Big Bird, as the uh, pelican is named, was rescued on the beach outside of uh, Greystoke Mahale, he was a scraggly mess, but this irrepressible bird learned to survive. For the next two years, he quickly matured into a healthy 26 pound member of the family, complete with comical habits like stealing the staff's sunglasses or magazines and discarding them in the lake. According to reports, Condon took over most of the daily activities each morning. This was the beginning as to how this unlikely friendship came to be. With over 16 million views on YouTube, Condon used a GoPro camera to capture the bird he called Big Bird to the world. As an orphan, Condon actually taught his new avian friend how to fish, something he would have learned from his parents had he had not been separated. Watching online, interested folks... Uh, were able to cheer Big Bird on as he caught his first meal. And uh, Big Bird caught on GoPro would uh, join him as he was kayaking. Uh, Unfortunately, Big Bird uh, did pass away. But uh, if you want to go on there, uh, just uh, trying to see. It doesn't say exactly where the link is, but if you type in Big Bird the Pelican in YouTube, you can more than likely find him there. As I find the transition button, there we go. This next story, um, boy. (laughs) Hey, real quick, thanks for that pelican brief. (laughs) That's that's worthy of some some drums. Good pun. Good pun. (laughs) All right, moving on. When studying penguins, there's a surprise you've got to watch out for. The laughing gas produced by their poop. Researchers based in Denmark and China were studying the effects of uh, retreating glaciers and the accompanying surge in penguins on greenhouse gas levels on South Georgia Lake Island. It turns out that climate change is kicking off a sort of feedback loop where the influx of penguins leads to more penguin poop and therefore even more greenhouse gases. But it also leads to a hell of a time for the scientists breathing in all that nitrous oxide, uh, colloquially known as laughing gas. after nosing about in guano for several hours, one goes completely cuckoo. One begins to feel ill and get a headache. The study's corresponding author Bo Alberlein from the Center for Permafrost at the University of Copenhagen told the news uh, agency. Um, I, I guess if you uh, are hard up and you want to get high, head on down to the zoo and uh, hey hey man, you got any of that goofy guano man? <laughs>
2: Come on man. <laughs> Hey, hey man. man. Hey, man, this is great, man. I bought some pig with guess. Hey, man. Hey. Okay. hey, let's go get one of those burgers with mashed potatoes on it, man. Yeah. We're going to the zoo. The center, man. with the man. Hey, motto. man, let's go get out to our friend Carol, man. Carol, hey. man. Hey. Perfect.
0: <laughs> Love it. <All> right. <laughs> Moving on to the next one. If you thought pineapple on pizza was scary, as I do, I'm not a big fan of it, <laughs> the thought of bizarre fanged anchovies is sure to make you lose your appetite. Even worse, the single dagger-like tooth projecting downward from the upper jaw of the newly discovered fossil fish gives this killisid sardine a disturbing anti-unicorn aspect. That's right, we said fossil, so you can dial down the panic a notch, or three. Yeah, there was a fossil found of ancient saber-tooth sardines that uh, look about as scary as they sound.
2: I would I would start a death metal band called Sabertooth Sardines. <laughs> <laughs> S- sardines!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to the next one. So in the uh, category of unfortunate names, there is a... Uh, orange white and black bird also known as the black-throated bush tit no, no comment
3: hey, no comment
0: no FCC finds there that is actually what is called the black-throated bush tit is, no no relation to the blue-footed booby <laughs> is a very small <laughs> passerine or perching bird Um Basically, it is a species that's been found that you can only find in the Himalayas or uh, if you visit the monks in Nepal. Uh, it's a cute little bird, but uh, again, a, a very unfortunate name uh, for such an animal. It, it makes you wonder, uh, the first person who discovered it, what they had on their mind. You know, Were they climbing the Himalayas and, and, and they were just horny and were like, ah, screw it. It's Wait, a black-throated it bush tit. Is a black-throated bush
3: tit. That's it? I would like to hear David Attenborough. Yeah. Look at this funny little fellow. The black-throated bush tit. Found in the Himalayas. Its territory spans... And then uh, trails off. But the main part was... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the main part was... Solid. <laughs> yeah, it was...
2: Black-throated, black-throated bush tit. Look at the bush tit there. It's quite bushy. It's a cute little birdie, isn't it? Unfortunate name. (laughs) Little bush tit. Though his name is unfortunate, he leads a charmed life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe in uh, his world, it is a a fortunate name. You know, he gets all of the other uh, chicks. I mean, pardon the pun, but yeah. No, no pardon. That was great. All right, I'm gonna give myself the uh, the drink. All right, let's Please move. On. Let's move on. So uh, there's obviously a lot of concern right now going on about uh, the loss of honeybees, honeybee populations that are disappearing. Well, like Hamlet, the calamintha bee might have wondered whether <laughs> or not it will survive to be or die from extinction, not to be. It's a fact that these rare bees have to endure the metaphorical slings and arrows of outrageous fortune from the insidious effects of habitat loss and lethal pesticides. Even up against the odds, they recently emerged once again in Florida. Maybe now we might start to show a little love to these hamlet bees and allow them to pollinate another day. Uh, This reemergence of this calamintha bee, also known as the blue bee, is uh actually really cool if you ever come across one if you happen to be down in florida i know one of our listeners is she uh chimes in uh great to know that we've got a new fan from uh the state of uh, um, bath salts and uh um, wacky news stories wacky news stories exactly
3: wait, wait christian they're called
0: bluebies they're called bluebies <laughs>
1: okay, just checking
0: don't say it too fast <laughs> but uh they uh, they're really neat looking you know instead of uh, yellow with uh, black stripes uh they're all blue with a black um, um abdomen or, or you know whatever you call the thorax or hindquarters and i'm not an entomologist so if you know what it's called chime in but uh in any case it, they are a beautiful uh beautiful bee so uh in i said in, in any case already i don't know I'm just trailing off at this point. But, uh, (laughs) folks, that does it for this week's Animal Tales. It is a Wednesday, as we do each and every Wednesday. When we come back, we're going to have an interesting story that I came across about a very popular 80s power ballad that was supposedly written by the CIA. If that intrigues you, you won't want to go anywhere. Folks, we'll see you on the other side.
1: To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now back to the show.
0: And we are back, folks. Uh, This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Wednesday, May 20th. If you guys are watching the video, we still have uh, Ryan with us on video and Tony on audio before we lose him to the singularity. But uh, if you missed a portion of this show or want to go back and catch any of our previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the shows and podcasts links, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, you can find everything you need there, or... If you have a specific podcast channel that you like to get your information from, uh, your podcasts from, uh, go ahead and go there. We're all over the place on the podcast channels. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, iHeart, TuneIn, so many more. And uh, while you're there, be sure to subscribe, leave a comment, and remember, sharing is caring. Let your friends know as well. So in this segment, I came across an interesting article about a uh, power ballad that may have been written by the CIA, and as reported by uh, New York reporter Patrick Radin Keefe, um, I'm going to go through the story, I'll play a little music, and then uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts, but it starts out, in 2004, while I was spending a summer in Prague and working for the local English language radio station, I got the opportunity to interview Frank, uh, Frank Zappa's former saxophone player. Napoleon murphy Brock backstage at a show featuring what was left of, by that point of Zappa's band, the Mothers of Invention. Zappa was and is a huge deal for Czechs. His music, along with the Velvet Undergrounds, was a touchstone for the country's dissident artists during the 1960s and 70s, and he later served as an informal advisor to post-communist President Václav Havel, a huge Zappa head. During the interview, Braca told me about visiting Czechoslovakia with the Mothers in 1978 and the euphoric euphoric reaction they received from fans, hungry for the subversive energy of rock music. It was a great story, but it never happened. As Czech Zappophiles quickly informed me after the piece was aired, the band never played Prague in 1978 and wouldn't until years later. The communist authorities would never have allowed it. I was reminded of that story while I was listening to, and here's where the music comes in. You recognize that tone, don't you? Oh yeah, Scorpion's Wind of Change, baby. That it is. So, uh, listening to Wind of Change, Patrick Radden Keefe's fascinating new podcast about the role of rock in the last days of communism, as well as the unreliability of historical memory. Keith is a staff writer at New Yorker, best known for Say Nothing, his searing portrait of Troubles uh, Troubles Era Northern Ireland, which won the National Books Critics Circle in 2019. The more whimsical Wind of Change feels like a bit of a palate cleanser, though there's some continuity between the two projects, which are both about the stories countries tell themselves during moments of political transition. The inspiration for the series is a teeth... Wow... I'm really struggling with reading today, is a series, (laughs) is a tip Keefe received from a source within the CIA who had heard from an older agent that the agency had written the 1990 power ballad Wind of Change by the German band Scorpions. The hair metal stalwarts are remembered in the US mostly for Rocky Like a Hurricane, but they were one of the biggest bands in the world for decades, including uh, Behind the Iron Curtain, where their music was banned but circulated on Samizdat cassettes. And no song was bigger than Wind of Change, which was released shortly after the fall of the Berlin Wall and before the breakup of the Soviet Union. With its Russia-referencing lyrics, themes of international brotherhood, and iconic whistled intro, it served as the unofficial anthem of the end of the Cold War. It was an uncharacteristic song for a band more than likely to court controversy, with its not-safe-for-work album covers, then its politics, which makes it a little easier to believe someone else may have had a hand in writing it. It's not much of a spoiler to say that the podcast doesn't prove that anyone else did. Indeed, it says a lot about Keith's skills as a storyteller, that it's an extremely entertaining listen despite how weak the evidence is for its central theory. Even after years of reporting, the strongest evidence that the story is true is the account of a CIA source who heard it secondhand and who refuses to be interviewed on tape. So uh, one of the biggest power ballads of all time, Scorpion's Wind of Change, which you can hear here in the background, supposedly written by the CIA, and uh, I was a little floored by it. Obviously, if there was a little more evidence, uh, it would uh, you know, resonate a little bit more. But it got me thinking about, uh, you know, what other songs could have been written by, um, you know, the government and uh, obviously, you know, leaked to big popular bands to try and change things around. Uh, hearing this, guys, any songs, any bands come to mind that uh, would uh, sort of fill that need?
2: Uh, for political, um Just, uh, you know, one of the big political ones I really can think about that's not hairband related would be System of a Down.
0: Well, they sing a lot about uh, the Armenian genocide and, uh, you know, the the persecution and and obviously the escape that a lot of Armenians had to uh, do as a result of that. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, they are highly political. Don't know if they're influencing any uh, changes in government, though. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. If they wrote that song, I hope they write more songs.
0: <laughs> that that this is this is such a classic right here. Well, you know, this Rocky like a hurricane. I mean, Scorpions are they're a great hair metal band. Uh, you know, Tony and I have seen them a number of times, but uh,
2: yeah. you know, I, I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of the old Scorpions. Obviously, nothing modern day, but always awesome to see live and uh, just a great band in general but uh, i I loved this song growing up
0: yeah but i mean this sort of falls into the category of uh uh, you know folklore i I can't imagine that you know the cia would have written not only such a a a good song and powerful song but one that uh you know could potentially change the course of a, a political election uh the other band i was thinking about is rage against the machine you know they're highly political um Tom Morello is an activist, you know, he goes out and uh, he's been arrested a couple times for uh, sit-ins and, uh, you know, social discord or whatever you want to call it. Um, But again, I don't think that's something where uh, the government would have fed them music to put out just for him to turn around and get arrested again.
3: Yeah, no, I, I I think they would have fought the power on that one. (laughs)
0: uh if i if i could change to a different soundboard while uh the song is playing i would have played the drums for you but uh unfortunately
3: yeah they put the power and power ballad i
0: don't hold on hold on on. that that one deserves something special that uh i got ready just for today
2: oh you got the crickets
3: sir
0: the crickets are just for
3: today Oh no no Come no no on. for the future, got, but uh, it is. I mean, I rip. got tons of terrible jokes coming down the pike, dude.
0: <laughs> what I'd love to see is, uh, you know, maybe the CIA or the FBI writing songs for uh, like little kid shows. You know, maybe the Wiggles or uh, uh, Teletubbies, and you know, sort of indo-
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> indoctrinating hey, kids <laughs> through lowbrow
3: uh, uh, kid shows. You know, I'm not sure if I uh, like that idea, actually. (laughs) I don't know if I want the CIA getting into kids' heads,
0: man. No, I don't think anybody would want that. But, uh, you know, it's – and obviously, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, feel that the government has already infiltrated the schools and are changing kids' minds that way. Uh, Last place they need to to meddle in is uh, music. Um,
3: Stay out of my music,
0: Carol. (laughs) I mean, C.I. The other thing is, uh, you know, it could be these pop bands that, you know, none of them write their own songs. There's always outside songwriters who, you know, it's their whole job to, uh, you know, be heard but never be seen. And uh, most of it is just garbage, you know, breakup songs and, and uh uh, Auto tune and but uh, I could see yeah. the, the government being like, hey, let's try our hand at songwriting and uh, we'll hand it off to Taylor Swift.
3: Well, well, here's some disappointing news. Uh, Joe Exotic didn't write or yeah. sing his songs.
0: So, oh. did you hear that? I, I I was sad to learn that fact. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, Here kitty kitty. <laughs> uh, I, I saw
3: tiger and tiger saw man.
0: And what brought that to light? What
2: was that one he sang at the funeral?
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't remember. But what brought what brought that fact to light was that the country band that actually um, wrote the songs and sang the songs are now seeking representation. They're trying. Oh, you
3: don't you don't say! From uh, since their music was heard on the biggest docu series of all time,
0: can't blame (laughs) them. No, not at all. And what I've been trying to get my paper. What's Joe Exotic going to do? Go after them from prison? Uh, put, he is never going to financially recover from this. Put out a uh, murder to, murder for hire on him.
3: <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> uh, they're they're going to I don't know. I don't know did did that did that music make money? Did was it
0: Ooh. Was it properly protected? Probably not. I mean, I, I would assume that uh, knowing Joe Exotic's business dealings, he probably had them sign some sort of uh, non-disclosure agreement or, or sign over all the rights to those songs as his own. But It was,
3: uh, it, it was logged with the greater Winnie Wood licensing uh, company. It's fully protected.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got about a minute and a half before we head into our long break. And so, closing out the idea of government writing for bands, uh, do you, either of you guys have just sort of an asinine thought of, you know, where the government could fit into music and, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, they could potentially change the course of political history?
3: Well, I think, you know, I've had a theory just about the things that get on the radio dumbing down the, uh, the American population, because most of the stuff they put on the radio is just mindless crap. So that would be more my conspiracy is that, you know, the FDA or the powers that be are just allowing this crap to get on there to dumb down the American population.
0: Well, I'll leave you with this, uh, back in the seventies when, uh, heavy metal and hard rock started coming about, um, there were a lot of thoughts that if you played records backwards it would give you a uh, secret message Ozzy Osbourne even the Beatles were victims of this and uh yeah. you know it just goes to show that uh, you know perhaps the government has their hand in more than we know But, uh, folks, we are headed into our long break. This is the end of the first hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Fast hour as usual, fellas. It always goes quick. Stick with us. We've got a great calling contest slash topic of You Got the Wrong Package from Amazon and a great story to accompany that. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in about seven minutes.
1: my hands of this weirdness
0: welcome back folks this is the second hour of the christian phoenix radio show on a wednesday may 20th i'm joined by my co-host ryan wink unfortunately we have lost tony to the singularity at least for today but uh, ryan how you holding up so far
3: so far so good, man. I'm uh just enjoying this Wednesday, this hump day. It's great. It's nice. a beautiful day out. I've had my coffee and uh we had a good first hour.
0: You woke up early so you didn't sleep through your alarm? I
3: did. I woke up always good. twice before my alarm today. Yeah, always good. Thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just just giving Ryan a little flack uh yesterday he slept through he, his he alarm got you. And- and scrambled to get home to, uh, to join the show, but uh, we, we're just having fun. So in any case, <laughs> this is an interactive show. We want to hear from you guys at the end of this segment. Not only is this uh, next segment going to be a call-in topic, but it's also a call-in contest. We're making it super easy. You don't have to do impressions. You don't have to sing a song. All you have to do is call in, tell us your story. We'll put your name into a drawing, and when we pull it, uh, whoever wins gets a $30 Amazon gift card can be used for virtually anything because we know amazon has taking over the world when we give you the signal at the end of this segment go ahead and call 844-790-TALK that's 844-790-8255 toll free from anywhere in the world so you could be in florida like our uh, uh florida man friends and uh give us a call of course uh You know, that number is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Today's topic got me thinking uh, a few weeks back. Uh, My fiance, you know, she is the late-night Amazon. You know, she's on her phone ordering, and then mysterious packages show up. Well, uh, a package showed up, and she uh, picked it up, opened it up, and it certainly wasn't anything that she ordered, not even late at night when she's half asleep. It was a respirator for somebody with asthma. And uh, got me thinking about uh, times where Amazon has delivered the wrong package. and made me think back to a story I'd heard a couple years ago uh, that I want to go through here real quick. So police were investigating a package that a Florida couple, of course it's Florida, ordered uh, when they were expecting to get four storage units from amazon the couple suspected that something was wrong when they found out that their package shipped via ups and meant to contain four empty bins weighed 93.5 pounds they were extremely heavy the orlando woman told the news asking not to be named for safety reasons more heavy than you would think from ordering four empty bins amazon has often been criticized for adding excessive packaging to its deliveries, but when the couple smelled the package, they realized the weight had nothing to do with the wrapping. Here's the kicker. They called the police after discovering the tightly wrapped, compacted bales of marijuana, which were then seized. But their ordeal wasn't over yet. They feared from uh, whoever shipped the drugs, uh, which have a street value of hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they figured it had a a street value of about $200,000. I mean, talk about Amazon delivering the wrong, and in some cases, the right package. <laughs> but uh, wanted to uh, bounce it off of you, Ryan, find out, uh, you know, have you ever ordered anything from Amazon and you know, just the wrong, wrong, wrong thing came?
3: Not really. Like I was saying yesterday, I've ordered clothes that were just incy wincy, itsy-bitsy, Tiny uh, just the wrong sizes that didn 't fit correct i've never i 've never received four boxes filled with weed unfortunately <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and that the problem with that is sort of twofold because you know even if they did partake um, you know th- they have that fear that uh, you know some sort of drug runner or drug lord sent it to them and was going to come to their house to pick it up you know, for whatever reason, for
3: sure. And no, that's sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't be there.
0: Part of it would be gone. Uh, you could only imagine what sort of trouble you'd get yourself into, but uh, they did the right thing in calling the cops and, and, uh, having them, you know, at least try to take care of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's funny there are whole websites that are dedicated to, uh, Amazon missteps or things just that were ordered online from Amazon or from, you know, China where, you know, you see the advertisement and it looks, you know, high quality and, and you know, just like a, a great product. And then you get it and it's chintzy cheap or it's eight sizes too small. But, uh, folks, we do want to hear from you. We're going to open the phone lines here in just a minute. That number, again, is eight four four seven nine zero talk 844 8255 Remember that this is a call-in contest, but all you have to do is share your story. The winner will be drawn at random. Receive a thirty-dollar Amazon gift card. We're just trying to entice you to call in, participate in the show, and uh, give us your thoughts. You know, like I said, this is a interactive show, and uh, we want you guys to interact. So uh, before we go to the break, I uh, just wanted to give you know one more thought to uh, you know Amazon and and what we're dealing with right now in the coronavirus pandemic, and uh, you know it's interesting that uh, the things that you can order through Amazon. They'll either arrive tomorrow, or they'll arrive like four weeks from now, based on you know who's sending it, who's selling it. Um, but if you're ordering on Amazon, just give them time, give the delivery people time, and and please appreciate your mail carriers, uh, USPS, UPS, FedEx. Uh, they've got a hard work, uh, a lot of hard work that they do for us, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. But uh, yeah, let's get back to the fun. Folks, when we come back, we want to hear from you. 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Phone lines are open now. Give us your best Amazon misdelivery delivery story. We'll see you guys on the other
1: side. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now, back to the show. Hey, folks, we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Wednesday,
0: May 20th. We are in the middle of our call-in topic slash contest. Again, we've made it very easy for you guys to win. All you have to do is call in talk about a time that uh, Amazon delivered the wrong package you're entered into a drawing for a $30 Amazon gift card so uh, you know maybe you could have a future story there as well but uh, we do want you to call 844-790-TALK that number is 844-790-8255 as I mentioned in the last break It is a toll-free number, so you can call us from anywhere in the world. And, uh, yeah, actually, the gift card will come to you via email, so you don't have to worry about uh, not receiving it just because you live in Zimbabwe. But, uh, again, that number is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Waiting for those phone lines to light up, but, uh, Ryan, you actually had a story you started telling me about uh, during the break.
3: Yeah, there was this guy and he kept getting his amazon packages stolen off his porch this had happened to him multiple times but the thing about this guy is he was an engineer for nasa so he concocted a plan to get back at these package thieves so what he did he made these packages and basically on the inside not only were there cameras, so the whole thing would be filmed and transmitted with a tracking device too. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it had the finest uh, what's it
0: glitter? glitter. It yeah.
3: had the finest glitter known to man, and once the package was open, it activated this fan that would literally just blow the glitter, covering everything within the vicinity. So basically, it's these videos of people stealing the packages and opening the packages and having glitter blown one one of the people was in their car so glitter not only blew all over them but all over the inside of the car it was just it was just poetic justice it was so sweet to see these these thieves get glittered (laughs) it's all part of the plan we should we should post that video on uh on the facebook page because it's it's pretty glorious
0: i'll find it in fact i even saw a a second iteration of it where he added like a stink bomb spray and oh uh,
3: that was it that that was the other thing that was in the one i watched as well
0: yeah so not only were people being just doused in glitter which you know if you've got kids you know even the smallest speck of glitter you can't get rid of but now it, it smells like farts and uh it, it's beautiful, beautiful justice for uh, those porch pirates. And, uh, you know, I, I applaud him. And I, I'll find that video. I'll post it on our Facebook page. Yeah, it's a good
3: one. Yeah, if you have kids or you've been to raves, you <laughs> definitely know about glitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, folks, we want to hear from you. Again, this is a call-in topic interactive. We need your input, Eight four four seven nine zero 790 talk 844-790-8255. Tell us about a time that Amazon has delivered the wrong package. Now, the other thing I did was I talked about, you know, some of the uh, the fails that uh, people run into when ordering things off of Amazon or any of the online sites and came across some really good ones. Uh, There was a guy who ordered a muscle shirt, you know, sort of not a wife beater, but it's the tank top and, you know, really thin at the top. And, you know, they show on Amazon just this bulked out guy with this, you know, gray shirt. And then there's a picture of the guy who actually received it, and it uh, turns out to look more like a uh, a silvery cocktail dress, or at least that's how he's wearing it. So,
3: <laughs> I wonder, I wonder when that type of tank top was dubbed the wife
0: beater. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other day, and I have uh, the only thing I can think of, and going back to our Florida man stories, is that uh, any time you saw on cops somebody being arrested for domestic violence, they were usually wearing one of those uh, uh, tank tops. For sure. It's just so
3: funny. We say that so without even thinking about it now. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, wife beater. Yeah, I was wearing a wife (laughs) beater.
0: And of course, now in 2020, that's probably not even politically correct. But, you know, everybody knows what it is and what it means. So uh, still waiting to hear from you guys eight four four seven nine zero talk eight four four seven nine zero eighty two fifty five don 't be shy we know it 's hard to call in into radio shows and and you know people are are a little scared to get their voice on the radio but we 're here to have fun if, if you 've seen any of the show, you know we take very little seriously so uh, very little almost nothing exactly. this next one uh, had me cracking up. It is a dinosaur pillowcase, and uh, in the Amazon listing. You know, it shows this dinosaur. It's, you know, blue and green and cartoony and a, uh, you know, kid resting his head on it. And you think, oh, that's cute. You know, you can get it for your kid and, and, you know, they can sleep with the dinosaur. Well, when they received it, it was actually a regular-sized pillowcase with an image of the dinosaur and the kid sleeping on it. I'll repeat <laughs> the image <laughs> Wait, on the pillowcase was the dinosaur with the kid sleeping it, on it. I'm
3: trying to wrap my head around this. This was the image on the pillowcase. Oh, it was the kid from the picture on <laughs> in the Amazon advertisement. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it's just a regular pillowcase with basically the Amazon advertisement uh, uh, printed on it.
3: You know, who I blame for this.
0: Um, Jeff Carol Bezos. Carol Baskin. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think I've got a drop for her.
3: Carol Baskin.
0: There she is. All right. Wait, you
3: know who's to blame for
0: this? Carol Baskin. <laughs> we'll, we'll get the timing down on that. We'll get it. All right, the next one I came across, and you know this is uh, something that I see every day. My uh, fiance is big into the um, Korean face masks and the seaweed masks and the you know the face rejuvenation things and uh, you know you see them in all shapes and sizes well uh, in this case there 's one it's it 's a black one with the eye holes and the, the mouth hole cut out, and you see it and it looks uh, you know it looks like every other face mask well. The person who received it took a picture with them actually wearing it, and it takes up literally about the size of their forehead. It's about a uh, three-inch diameter total. (laughs) Not much of a face mask.
3: Wow, that's for, uh, what was that scene in Beetlejuice? The shrunken heads?
0: (laughs) When he's sitting waiting in in line and swaps the number out.
3: Oh, yeah, well, his number was
0: like, something trillion like millions millions exactly
3: man i need to rewatch that movie
0: oh it's a good one talk about movies good one. that I've, hold up yeah i
3: haven't revisited that in years <laughs> now how would you feel about a reboot of beetlejuice
0: i couldn't do a reboot if you did a sequel with the original actors and tim burton directing okay. i could do that i could do that yeah actually they they've been trying to get that off the ground for a while but uh Never really happened, folks. We have uh still a few minutes left, about three and a half minutes. Again, we still want to hear from you. 844 790 Talk 844 790 8255. I just realized in Facebook I put down the wrong number, I put 855. It's actually 844. My bad. But uh, continuing on with uh, some you know Amazon fails, uh, there was a acrylic. Acrylic chair, you know, it's the, the clear plastic that uh, somebody saw on there for $10, decided to buy it. You know, it looks like a fancy enough chair, and for 10 bucks, hey, that's a steal. Well, when they received it, it was uh, a little more the size of a dollhouse chair and uh, hardly usable whatsoever. Yeah, that w- went with the face mask. Right. <laughs> Apparently, there are some very small people somewhere in the world that are ordering these products. Very tiny. This next one I have to applaud greatly. Somebody ordered off of eBay 50 Shades of Grey, and what they received was a piece of paper with literally 50 shades of the color gray on it. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally. (laughs)
3: Literally. Wow, 50 Shades of Grey. I didn't even know you could come up with that many shades of gray. Apparently there are. At least according thought, to this piece of paper. Yeah, that's uh t- t- took the wind right out of their sexy sails, I bet. <laughs> have you
0: have you read the book, Christian? Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't read you the can't book. You can't read? I can't read, you know, obviously it's evidenced by some of the articles I read in here, but uh, <laughs> I can't do it. You see the movie? I have not seen the movie. Again, it's not my cup of tea, and uh, I I just can't.
3: Yeah, I I haven't done either. either.
0: (laughs) So, I feel you. It's all right. We have a minute and a half left, which means we have time for one caller who will be our winner if they call in in the next minute or so. Um, Yeah, we want to get you guys in. We want to break... This cycle of fear of calling in, because we know we've got plenty of listeners. We can see it every day, but uh, everybody's just afraid to pick up that phone and dial it. Uh, don't be scared, guys. Don't be scared. <laughs> All right, a couple other uh, uh, Amazon fails. Uh, there was a necklace that a woman ordered that uh, you know had the individual letters to spell out hopeless. Well, it turns out when they received it, it actually said holess. Which uh, would be a out of work pimp, apparently, but uh, or
3: or out of work gardener.
0: There you go. There you, you know.
3: Go. Wow, who's ordering a hopeless necklace anyway?
0: Right, <laughs> some God. some emo girl somewhere. All right, obvious obvious And then uh, there is a twenty dollar punching bag that somebody ordered from China. Full size, full body punching bag. Well, it turns out it broke very quickly, and they realized that what was inside of it was nothing but shredded up old clothes. Basically, somebody went dumpster diving for clothes and used that as stuffing for this $20 punching bag. Um, I I, I guess, you know, you you get what you pay for, but at the same time, it's... uh, And then it ripped? And it ripped, yeah, yeah, so.
3: so... So on the ground, there was hand me downs? I'll give that one to you. I'll give it to you. All right. It was pretty bad, but, you know, we do what we can with what we got.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, you know, sadly, nobody called, which means we get to keep that $30 gift card for ourselves. We'll put it towards another contest here in the future, but uh, we do want you guys to call and uh, chime in at 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255 on future call and topics. We do it every day at 915, so... Be sure to do so. Folks, when we get back, we're going to be talking about medical scares. So uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775. 775- extension 2 now back to the show
0: and folks we are back this is the Christian Phoenix radio show on a Wednesday May 20th now uh, we'd love to hear from you guys not only live but on our voicemail system that we've set up called the Phoenix line it's a 24-hour a day seven day a week voicemail system where you just call leave a message and if it's entertaining enough we'll put it out on the air for everybody to hear That number is 855, and it actually is 855 Phoenix Radio. That's 855 F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O. Or if you don't like to deal with the alphanumeric characters, it's just 855-336-4973. Any topic, just to check in. Let us know how you're doing, and uh, we will compile those together and put them out on the radio show in a future episode. So our next topic that we want to cover is medical scares. And the reason I bring this up is that uh, recently on the American Idol finale, Ryan Seacrest came back from a musical number from the final contestants or one of the previous contestants. I don't know. I don't watch American Idol anymore. But uh, when he came back, it appeared that he had a stroke live on the air his one of his eyes was wide open the other was uh, almost shut completely closed and uh he was slurring his words a little bit and i actually pulled a clip for everybody to hear
3: cynthia arrivo and the top eleven right there you can catch her playing aretha franklin on the national Geographic limited series Genius Aretha premiering this fall.
0: So, uh, Ryan Seacrest's reps have come out and said that uh, he hasn't suffered a stroke, um, but at the same time, you know, all signs sort of point to it. Um, I, I don't know if they're just doing damage c- control or, or what, but uh, got me thinking about uh, you know, medical scares. And uh, you know, Ryan, wrap your head around it. I'm going to tell a little story real quick and then uh, I'll go to you, but uh, I had a huge one about uh, two years ago. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, I run a dog rescue nonprofit called Rough Riders. And our main focus is transport. We pull dogs from kill shelters in the rural areas and bring them here and uh, give them a second chance at life. And so uh, when I was doing that full time, wasn't quite here at the uh, the studio yet, uh, I was doing a lot of transporting. I was on the road all the time and uh, did one transport for a uh, local rescue where there was a hoarding situation of a bunch of feral border collies. And so we took four border collies from here up to the Canadian border through Minnesota. And so it was a long trip, wanted to get as much done in the limited amount of time that I had. And so loaded up the dogs, got on the road, got up to Yellowstone. And uh, of course, in Yellowstone, where there is zero cell service, You know, where you're in the middle of the mountains, it's a national park. I had stopped at a Wendy's, got a burger, got back on the road, started eating it, and realized that it didn't taste right. It was, there was something off about it. And so I thought it was weird. And then I looked up into my rear view mirror and realized that half of my face was frozen. Just dead frozen. Wasn't moving at all. And I freaked out. My first thought was stroke, you know, just like Ryan Seacrest, um, you know, went through, was trying to feel, you know, the side of my body. Okay, you know, was my hand numb? Was my arm numb? Am am I able to speak clearly? Obviously, I couldn't speak clearly because half of my face was frozen. But uh, I wasn't slurring my words, you know, as somebody with a stroke normally would. And so freaking out. And uh, finally, you know, after about an hour, got to an area that I did have cell reception and uh, called my mom, who is a nurse, and, uh, you know, started walking through it with her. We went through the whole stroke protocol, and uh, it turned out it looked like it was more uh, like what's called Bell's Palsy, and that's a uh, viral infection that's uh, similar to shingles that essentially cuts off the nerve receptor to your face and freezes it, and uh, I lost hearing in my right ear. It was terrifying. Got back, finally got into the emergency room, and uh, turns out for me it was something called Ramsey Hunt syndrome so where most people would recover from Bell's palsy in a couple of weeks a month at the most it took me a year before I got any movement back on the right side of my face and uh, even now I'm probably about 85 90% back to normal but it's, it's not what it was and I can't whistle which is uh, really disappointing so uh, Yeah, just talking medical scares, you know, that's something that I've dealt with. Ryan, have you ever had one where it's, you know, you just have no idea what's going on? And uh, like earlier in our show, maybe you had to go to uh, WebMD or Google to find out. Well, yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. When I was 11 years old, I was living in Alaska and I got a stomach ache. And it was one day, two days, three days. And, uh, I, I went to school the third day and as soon as I got there, I just went to the nurse's office. So my dad came and picked me up and, uh, took me to the urgent care. Mm -hmm. And so they started running all the tests and doing this. They're like, does it hurt on any side? I'm like, no, it doesn't really hurt on either. It just hurts all the way around. I had no energy. I could just, all I could do was lay down. So a few hours in to them running the test, they come in and they say, you need to go home, grab some clothes and go directly to the hospital. So apparently my appendix had ruptured and they had to rush me into surgery because there was toxins spreading through my body. So basically we ran by the house, grabbed some clothes, went directly to the hospital. As Soon as I got there, they started putting IVs in my arms and prepping me for surgery, and I went directly into surgery, had, you know, the ruptured appendix removed, and uh, was close to death, ended up spending 10 days in the hospital, Um, yeah, lost about 10 pounds, only weighed 70 pounds at the time, so... What were you,
0: 10, 11 years old, you said?
3: I was eleven.
0: Oh, that would be terrifying, you know. As a little kid, not knowing what's going on, they're shoving needles into your arm, trying to get you into surgery. I could only imagine what you were going through.
3: I was freaking out. I have a huge scar now, but you know, ultimately, I survived, and here I am, uh, fifteen years later. How, how old am I? Twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, there was no. Uh, you know. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Luck. Luckily for uh, all of our listeners out there yeah i'm um, still and for me you know I, I i love life i i enjoy life and uh was happy to make it through that but it was yeah it was one definitely one of the scariest moments of my life especially as a kid to to go through that it was not fun.
0: Yeah, you know, at 11 years old, I'm sure it gave you a whole new lease on life and you know, you, you figured that first 11 years you were just wasting your time away. But totally uh, with that near death experience, you know, that next 11 years was going to you were going to make it the best, right? And I did. <laughs> and here I am. Uh, now being in Alaska, I would imagine that, uh, you know, urgent care in the hospital was probably not just right around the corner. Uh, did you have to go far to get there?
3: Actually, well, I lived in a town called Wasilla and, uh, so I wasn't too far from the urgent care. Luckily, um, had I been home, well, we used to live on a ranch. That probably would have taken Twenty minute or a like half hour or something like that. But we lived in t- in town. It's it's still rural, but there is a town, and um, so I luckily I wasn't far from the urgent care in the hospital. But some people in Alaska would <laughs> would be quite a journey to get medical attention.
0: Oh, I, I could only imagine. I I think most people, you know, if they were in part of the rural areas, they probably wouldn't have made it with a burst appendix.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty serious. Uh, you're you're basically poisoned at that moment and you got to get help fast
0: (laughs) well uh let's hope that uh, you don't have to deal with any other medical emergencies especially since today you're going to uh, get a tattoo uh, as we were talking earlier in the break and uh, actually our call-in topic tomorrow is going to be about regrettable tattoos but uh, you've got a lot of hours in front of you uh, under the needle yeah i'm excited Excited, a little scared, trying to get that A and D ointment uh, into spots that your arm just can't reach.
3: Luckily, I'm flexible. I can, uh, I could suntan lotion my own back. So
0: that's impressive.
3: You know, do what you will with that information.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I, as far as I understand, you're taken. But uh, you know, if you ever are free, ladies, just know he can sun lotion his own back. <laughs>
3: I'm flexing right now. You can't see it, but I'm flexing.
0: Yeah, I can't see it yet. But uh, all right, we are headed into the saddest part of the show, but also the most informative part of the show. When we get back, Ryan's going to take us through this day in history on a Wednesday, May 20th. Folks, stick with us. There's only one more break left.
1: unable to listen to the whole show a recording of today's program will be available later today visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link now back to the show and we are back to the show this is the christian
0: phoenix radio show on a wednesday may 20th and as our announcer verne so eloquently said we are available on podcast so if you missed a portion of the show need to catch up on previous shows head over to americamatters.us click on the shows and podcasts link scroll on down to the christian phoenix radio show and you can get everything you need there including all of the podcast channels that we are on if you have a favorite that includes apple google stitcher spotify anchor breaker iheart TuneIn so many more, and uh, adding more every day. We just want to make sure that everybody all around the world can hear the Christian Phoenix radio show. While you guys are there, be sure to subscribe so you get the latest one each and every day, and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And like I said last hour, sharing is caring, so tell your friends about us and uh, join in the fun. Now, uh, this is the last segment of the show, and as we do every day, we like to uh, let you laugh, but we also like to let you learn though the information may or may not always be correct. We are here with Ryan and This Day in History. All right.
3: Thank you, Christian. Yes, sadly, we have reached the last segment of the show. But you know what that means. It's time for This Day in History, which we've got a soundbite coming. It'll be here tomorrow. I guarantee. All right. This Day in History with myself, Ryan Wink. Ryan Wink? Did I mess up my name? Ryan Week. It's not Ryan Week. It's Ryan Wink. I can suntan lotion my own back.
0: Basi- basically, it's the thing that I couldn't do with this eye for a very long time. <laughs> oh, buddy. Listen to the last second. Right. You'll get it.
3: All right. So on this day in 1873, Levi Strauss received a U.S. patent for blue jeans with copper rivets. We've all Who hasn't had a pair of Levi's?
0: Well, not only that, but with the copper rivets, uh, was that the first button your fly?
3: Uh I would like to think so. I don't. Th- I have Levi Strauss received a U.S. patent for blue jeans with <laughs> copper rivets written here.
0: <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I, I, I
3: would imagine.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know when the zip the zipper came into play, but I know what was it—the late '80s, early '90s—that uh, you know Levi's brought back the button your fly campaign, and uh, that sort of fizzled out as quickly as it came about.
3: It did. It did. But it probably held strong for a number of years before the zipper, before YKK came out with that zipper. I don't know who that is, but it's on every zipper I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. YKK is just rolling in the dough, whoever that is. Oh, they, yeah, they, uh, I I was trying to find a pun, but I didn't find one.
3: So I'm going to move on to the next one. On this day in 1890, on this day in 1895, the first commercial movie performance at 153 Broadway in New York City first commercial movie performance so the first movie ever played is that that's what i'm going to
0: take from that 1895 1895 it sounds early to me but uh... it sounds early yeah, you, know, you, you never know. It's uh, my guess is it was one of those like old timey uh, movies where somebody was sitting in the uh, uh, audience playing the ragtime piano, and then they had right. the voice cards that popped up with uh, after somebody said something, and uh, it was more than likely very racially insensitive uh, because that's just how we did things back then. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of well, bla- crazy. A lot of blackface going on. Yeah,
3: lot. Too much. I mean, any is too much, but there was way too much.
0: Yep, yep. And then after that, it became known as the Talkies.
3: The Talk. Yeah, the Talkies. See, I actually got some talking about the Talkies coming up in a couple of couple of bits here. Man, so in in eighteen, in 18 <laughs> on this day in eighteen ninety six, this is crazy. The six ton chandelier of the Palais Garnier of the Palais Garnier Opera House in well Paris, said. Falls on the crowd, resulting in the death of one and the injury of many others. Let me say that again. Six ton chandelier.
0: Killed only one person. Six-ton. That's a m that's a that's actually not bad. No, not bad at all. But uh Oh, that—that that would be, injuring many others, though. Oh, I'm sure, and and to what degree we don't know. But I mean, that would be terrifying to be just sitting there enjoying your evening, and and a six-ton chandelier just falls right on top of you. I actually think that the guy who died is probably luckier than the people who who survived. It, prob- it probably maimed, maimed a lot of people. Oh, oh and and no, health. Thank you. Healthcare back then wasn't what it is today, so. uh you know, just I—I I have these images of you know uh, the Civil War where they're you know sawing people's legs off with no anesthetic. Oof. On that
3: note, moving along to the next little bit of information we got here: In nineteen twenty-six on this day, Thomas Edison says Americans prefer silent movies over talkies. Boy, was he wrong. <laughs>
0: Hey, and a nice throwback to, uh, to our talkie conversation from literally three minutes ago. But uh, yeah, Thomas Edison was right about so many things, including the light bulb. In this case, he couldn't have been more wrong. Uh, could you imagine his uh, thought process if he saw the way entertainment and media was going here in 2020?
3: Yeah, I think he might say, Americans prefer talkies over silent movies. <laughs> <laughs> might, might switch his
0: tone there. Yeah, see? Yeah, you never catch the, me. Back
3: almost. then everybody
0: talked like mobsters, at least in my head, so. I think most of them. I was I was zazzled, see. <laughs> <laughs> that means drunk.
3: Well, I once looked up a bunch of uh slang from the nineteen twenties and
0: ooh, one that would, was zo that would be a great topic to go through.
3: Oh if, yeah. yeah. Zazzled. I was zazzled. The world was turned on its head when everybody was zazzled. Today, (laughs) prohibition ends and (laughs) the entire country gets zazzled. (laughs) News at 11. (laughs) All right, let's move along to the next one. This was a birthday uh, Tony didn't mention, and I think he's probably a little-known figure here, but uh, happy 85th birthday to Uruguay's Jose Mujica. The world's most humble president, the 40th president of Uruguay or Uruguay, becomes legendary for giving 90% of his salary to the poor, choosing to live on his austere farm instead of the presidential palace, and using an old VW Beetle to get around town. He left office in March 2015 due to his country's one term limit for presidents. He was born in 1935.
0: I would assume that the reason he probably gave away uh, most of his salary is probably from all of the gold cougarans from the uh, Nazi dissidents uh, <laughs> who came into Uruguay uh, after that. But uh, No, actually, he sounds like a, a very charitable man. Uh, happy 85th birthday to Jose, whatever your last name is. <laughs> Mujica. Mojica. Jose Mujica. El nombre de él is Jose the, Mujica. Mujica, not Mujica.
3: The last of the Mujicas. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> <he> procreated. <laughs> that was good, though. <laughs> All right. On this day in 1927, the aviation world was turned on its head when, yeah. at 7:40 a.m., Charles Lindbergh takes off from New York to cross the Atlantic for Paris, aboard Spirit of St. Louis, first nonstop flight across the Atlantic.
0: Yep. Yeah,
3: Charles Lindbergh.
0: You know what's funny is there's been a lot of Lindbergh news
3: recently. Right? Lindbergh, Lindbergh has baby. come up, and some I even glossed over, because they were very sad.
0: Yeah, we don't want to talk about dead babies on the show, um, but uh, in this case, it's, it's actually a triumph of his um, crossing. He crossed the Atlantic, or he was transcontinental? Yeah,
3: the, yeah, the Atlantic, from uh, New York uh, to Paris, okay. on the spirit of St. Louis.
0: And that was a big feat back then. I mean, obviously, we sort of take things for granted now and complain when there's not enough leg room on uh, long flights. But, uh, you know, back then, uh, and (laughs) I even think you might have mentioned it, but uh, to stay awake, he brushed his teeth, right? Yes, I did did
3: mention that. I saw it on some history channel someday. (laughs) One one day, it was, yeah,
0: when, when he got tired, he'd brush his teeth. That's the sort of facts that you get here on the Christian Phoenix radio show. When Charles Lindbergh gets tired, he brushes his teeth. The more you know. The more you know. And
3: it's almost 10 o'clock. Do you know where your kids are? Right. (laughs) Well, in other aviation news, the aviation world was turned on its head yet again when Amelia Earhart began the world's, world's first solo flight across the Atlantic Ocean by a female pilot. Taking off in Newfoundland, Newfoundland, and landing the next day in a pasture an island that was in nineteen thirty two so five years to the day, Amelia Earhart doing crossing the Atlantic herself, so now, that was a success on her part but I, she later
0: yeah, I don't think her re- return trip fared so well. Was that the return trip from that? I don't know. I I know it was one of her trips, and, uh, yeah, she ended up uh, disappearing, and, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about where she ended up, if she actually survived. Uh, Maybe she faked her own death. Maybe she was just trying to avoid some taxes or something.
3: This smells of the Bermuda Triangle.
0: (laughs) All right, Ryan, we've got about a minute and a half left, if you want to go ahead and uh, give us either one more story or run through this day's uh, holidays.
3: All right, let's do a little of both. We'll do a quick one. Uh, this day in 1967, BBC bans the Beatles, "A day in the life, because of drug references. Ooh, maybe they talked about the marijuanas. Oh. Oh, the devil's lettuce. The wacky tabacky. All right, and then uh, some weird national holidays. It's
0: National Be a Millionaire Day. Oh, you know, I'm I'm all on that holiday.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna jump on that train. That's a money train.
0: Woo! <laughs> I'm, going out to go. Mc- I'm going out to McDonald's and playing the Monopoly game today.
3: That's you. Sh- you might as well. It's National Be a Millionaire Day, which there is a documentary about how that was all a a scam for the first uh, few years. It's called McMillions. It's
0: on my list. I can't wait to watch it.
3: Yep, and also let's just get through a couple of other weird holidays: National Chocolate Parfait Day.
0: Okay, I can partake in that. And uh, it's also National Quiche Lorraine Day. And what makes a Quiche Lorraine different from a regular Quiche besides being Marty McFly's mom?
3: I don't know, but I hear it's more pleasant than a quiche Karen.
0: <laughs> Everything is better than an anything Karen at this point. Well, folks, we've, re- <laughs> we've reached the end of this show. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We always want to hear from you on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Tomorrow we'll be back with a fun show, and we've got our special guest host, Billy Galewood, joining us as well. Folks, have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.